Hello everyone and welcome to our session called, Which Comes First, Migration or Modernization? Today we're gonna to talk a little bit about some of the considerations to think about when you're moving to the cloud. I'm joined with Keisha Garcia, VP of Digital Foundations Programs at BP. Keisha, would you like to introduce yourself a bit? Sure, thank you, Wesley, and thank you for having me. I, as you've said, Keisha Garcia, I have been at BP for 14 years and have been in the energy industry for over 20 plus years, um, doing large system implementations and um, also portfolio program management, along with a myriad of other um, jobs across the industry as well. Fantastic, thanks for doing that. And I'm Wesley Story. I'm an enterprise strategist here at AWS working with executives to help share experiences for how the, the cloud can actually help them increase their speed and agility while devoting more of their resources to customers and customer experiences. With that being said, Keisha, would you like to jump in a little bit? And can you tell me a little bit about BP's story around digital transformation? So digital transformation um, and our story as it relates to cloud transformation started back in around 2016 when uh, one of our executives um, declared us as cloud first. And after that was declared, it was some decisions made around some of the people that were some of the products that we were going to partner with or, and decided to basically take it from there and kick things off with um, determining how we were gonna migrate to, to the cloud. And was there a driving factor behind migrating to the cloud? For example, cost that forced the change or anything like that? So initially our driving factors were around um, technology, trying to ensure that we were doing the latest and greatest um, innovation, innovative activity around our infrastructure. Um, also looking at our cost over time and the fixed cost and trying to understand how do we um, optimize those a bit. So initially, we really started this off with more so of an IT technology um, cost optimization focus, and then eventually transitioned into actually where it needed to be, given the fact that we're not a technology company, we're an oil and gas company who partners with our business to accomplish our overall strategic goals. We had to realign to ensure that we were focused on the commercial value that we needed to add along with our business strategy. No, that makes sense. And BP brings a lot to the table. In fact, one of the things that's pretty exciting that BP's working on is their renewable energy program. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how the cloud helps enable that? Our new CEO, Bernard Looney, introduced our new strategy and approach um, to um, reinventing ourselves as a company. So not necessarily a program or a one-off action, but really truly reinventing ourselves and moving away from being known as an oil and gas company to an energy company. And that was with a focus on um, reducing our uh, carbon footprint, but mainly and focused on driving our ambition to be net zero by 2050 in alignment with the Paris Agreement. So we have totally just revamped and are in the process of rebuilding our entire organization operating model and what we do and how we do it to, to meet those goals and ambitions. And the way that what our program or the program that I lead um, in moving to cloud and technology and innovation um, plays a part in that is the fact that it is 
foundational and it is key for us to um, become modern and digitalize our entire state as well as um, innovate and automation. Innovation and automation is absolutely key and to the forefront of making our ambitions become real and meeting those, those strategies. Those are fantastic things, but you used a key word, which is modernization. So let's come back to that and pull that thread a little bit because we, we teed this topic up with a pretty provocative thought around modernization versus um, of migration, which comes first. Do you have an opinion on that? Which is it an either or, or is there another way to look at it that you'd like to share? Yes, I do have an opinion on that, much like I, I pretty much have an opinion on a lot of things, but I am pretty passionate around believing that modernization and um, migrations actually go together as a partnership. But I also think that it really varies depending upon your landscape and your, and your situation, and that needs to be assessed and determined um, as to what you and what your company may decide needs to happen based on your landscape. And for us, um, when looking across our landscape and what in the state that our applications were in, um, as well as our infrastructure, it just made sense to do modernization and transformation or uh, migrations um, in parallel with, with one another. It didn't make sense to do them separate. But once we really looked at the fact that we're not a technology shop, we run and operate a business, and we need to also ensure that we are aligning and understanding the objectives, the overall end goals, and why it's important for us to do what we need to do. So for me, taking a step back and understanding our situation and where we were and where our business is trying to go and what our overall objectives and goals were, again, it just made sense to not just do a lift and shift or just a straight migrations without considering what your technical debt you build up, the risk, all of the objectives and the things that are important to not just you from a technology perspective or not just us from a technology perspective, but what was important to our business. That makes sense. And, and to introduce a little bit of debate here, which I know you're, you're perfectly okay with, when I was at Cisco the, as their divisional CIO, we made similar decisions, right? We had a lot of long tooth, you know, legacy, legacy systems that ran our business. They were the lifeblood of the organization. And we knew many of those systems, we just weren't gonna be able to afford to um, you know, rewrite millions of lines of code, right, on a big mega budget. So for us, where possible, we would kind of reverse engineer components and migrate those components to the cloud. You might call that modernization, right? Not lift and shift, but modernization because we're taking component by component, building out new modern capabilities, using microservices, new data types, things like that. But we also had situations where you know, let's say we had an environment where it was aging and it was end of life and things like that. And we were facing a hardware, a major hardware purchase to get that hardware back up and, you know, compliant. In those cases, we would pick things and, and do like a lift, shift and transform approach, which I'm a huge fan of personally, lift, shift and transform. Note, I didn't say leave it alone, right? Because that's the old way we used to do things in IT. Can you tell me a little bit about how you guys approached how you would make the decision versus if, is it going to be migration? Is it going to be lift and shift? Did you, did you take a different approach than I did, as you mentioned? So for us, um, given the fact that we were dealing with a huge estate of uh, 10,000 plus servers, 8,000 plus application instances uh, across uh, 
109 or, or plus um, different countries around the globe um, and uh, eight um, large mega data centers um, around the world as well. Um, everything, there's so many varying and competing priorities and, and things that you need to take into consideration. So we looked at that and tried to understand what are the largest risk and again, the objectives that we're trying to meet and the risks that are associated with those objectives. And therefore we could then break it down to understand what then brings into scope um, of and scope and prioritization of what we need to do when, where first and in and, and, and what order we need to do it. And with that being said, you have to look at, okay, we're dealing with systems, we're dealing with the estate, we can't, we can't disrupt operations. Um, we also have to ensure that our estate um, is basically up to, up to par. Um, from an infrastructure perspective, we have to make sure that um, we're doing what we need to do to address cybersecurity threats. We're also doing things in a time frame that makes sense um, as far as um, how fast innovation and technology changes. So things needed to move quite rapidly. And so we know that you get better as you do iterative approaches and trial and error. So we took the approach of one, doing the assessments to understand what needed to go first based on prioritization around some of the, the, the things that I talked about around maintaining operations, um, risk of indiserviceable life and what those threats are um, and how do we need to address those and what are our low hanging fruit that we need to be able to address first so that we can cut our teeth on things and get faster and faster as we go. So we identified the simple applications that would be on our low rating as far as um, operational threat or risk. And those are the ones that we wanted to go after first to get those done as quickly as we possibly can. So those are some of the things that we did and that's how we chose to, to get started um, because you, you just gotta jump. We could have met about it, talked about it, discussed it, rewrote cost objectives and what if scenarios all day, every day. But until you actually take the plunge and jump and start to do it and get in there somewhere, again, cutting your teeth, teeth on the more simpler things to be able to then start to build up your capability, your momentum and the knowledge and the know-how, then it just doesn't happen. So that's how we chose to go about it first. Keisha, I love that answer. And in fact, I have to admit that when I talk to a number of customers today that are early in their journey, the biggest piece of advice I give them is don't suffer analysis paralysis. I love that part you made at the end because far too many companies try to sit there and plan out the perfect migration of the perfect modernization effort. And, and quite frankly, they haven't cut their teeth, as you said, on the easier low hanging fruit first to start to build up the skills necessary to do the job. To that end, when you think about some of the, the, the factors that you considered influencing your decision on whether you modernize or whether you migrate and the approaches you take, did you find that your approach changed as your capabilities as an organization grew? Because I can say like even in my own case, when we were early in our journey, the way we did it was very different than when we were later in our journey when we had that muscle built up. I'd be curious how you guys, how you think about that. I started out um, doing a smaller subset of this program with a, uh, with a smaller business before I moved into and got promoted to move into doing um, the cloud transformation program holistically for um, 
from an enterprise perspective for the entire organization. We partnered with AWS to come in and build the platforms. But again, our capabilities, we needed to get those up to snuff and, and actually build the team's confidence around um, the technology, learn the product, working and partnering with, with, um, with AWS to utilize their training and everything else from a platform perspective. Once we got that down packed, we then needed to understand how to consume the product. So there was a lot of, again, iterative work that had to happen in order for us to, to get ourselves up to a pace. And then the shift from 2018 to where we are now. I mean, at this point, I feel like we're running like a weld oil machine, but that's because of all the iterative approaches and the, the iterative approach, um, building up of the capability of our team, ensuring that we partnered with the right, with the right resources, with the right people, um, be that either for the training aspect of it or understanding the program, understanding the options, um, and as well as the migrations. And to me, the more, um, the more variety and or um, inclusion that you have of different um, mechanisms and different options that you have available to you, the more you have at your at your at your exposure to be able to then leverage those things to continue to get better and improve. And again, where I was a month ago to where we are now, I'm learning something every day is is different. But yes, absolutely can see the difference from where we were when we started and over those times. Yeah, that learning journey is something I'll tell you. I have to <laughs> I have to agree with you on that. So Keisha, changing gears a little bit, what are some of the benefits that BP's realized from the efforts you've made to move to the cloud? Sure. So we initially had identified the, the benefit, the, the obvious benefits that we were actually going after from an objective perspective, which was um, um, optimizing our fixed costs um, by um, exiting our data centers and alleviating ourselves from the lease agreements and, and the fixed cost, cost of leases. Um, and then, of course, as we moved off of being on-prem, um, there's the energy cost elimination and then lowering our carbon footprint by um, getting rid of or exiting make our mega data centers and eliminating those costs. Um, but some of the other benefits that we definitely gained by doing the modernization and migrations in parallel was to address our cybersecurity risk and threats as it related to end of service for life, hardware, um, operating systems, database versions, all those things that we were able to, to also accomplish as well, as well as eliminating the need to have to upgrade um, infrastructure um, as things came to end of service for life. Um, there's also the benefit that we had around lowering our carbon footprint and helping along our journey and our aspirations for um, meeting our, our net zero um, ambitions, as well as um, the benefit, the cost benefit of um, all of the, the overall costs that we had around support and hosting charges um, that we also were incurring. There's also the benefit that we get around upskilling our our capabilities and our our employees and investing that time, effort, and um, again, development of our employees and allowing them to really get knowledge around the latest and greatest technology, technologies, 
working in a more innovative environment, which is, again, making them extremely happy um, in the sense of we're, we're providing the excitement, the, the, the knowledge and capability, which most of most people, when you talk to them, when you're in an area where you're able to be creative, innovative, work with a team that's moving um, at pace or at a fast pace and still learn and grow and develop your skill sets, it makes it even, even more of a fun place and a great place to work. And that's one of the key things that we were doing, considering the fact that we want to put safety in people first, putting people first, making them happy about working on those innovative and latest and greatest technologies and tools on top of the benefits that we were able to um, realize with, with the company and from a technology perspective and ultimately hitting our bottom line, um, the commercial benefits that we've realized as well, and making sure that our environment is evergreen and evergreen being that it's, it's, it's always, again, on its latest and greatest, it's easier to also build off of the time to market uh, long before when we had a big infrastructure in order to do a project and or meet the needs of our stakeholders and the business and what was being asked of us to deliver on technology and or change applications or move um, different things around, it would take years because we'd have to order all types of infrastructure um, and the cost that was associated with that. Um, again, the capital associated with it, along with the time it would take to get things in, to build, to scale, um, was it took a, an enormous amount of time. That has been cut in half and or even more so um, or even more um, or even faster, we were able to do things and our time to market with solutions are night and day quicker. But the biggest benefit that I can truly tell you that we, we didn't realize and you don't realize these things until you're in, in crunch time or emergency um, is the fact that we were willing to go out on a limb, take that risk and move at the pace that we were able to move at and moving all of our critical applications um, onto the cloud, along with all of the enterprise infrastructure and enterprise platforms to the cloud. And we were doing that, again, at pace, making those decisions, getting it done. And because of that, once the pandemic hit and we had to all work remotely, it was a seamless, it was a seamless process to be able to do so because, again, we have people working all around the globe to be able to connect to our networks, our systems, and to be able to work seamlessly no matter where you are, because all of our, all of our critical applications and our infrastructures all on the cloud, was that those to me are the priceless benefits. Wow, that's phenomenal. So cost savings, agility, and then disaster recovery and business continuity at a level you couldn't achieve before. Um, that, that's, that's the kind of news that people wanna hear. With that said, I'd love to pivot to another thing around alignment. So how do you guys think about alignment and address the alignment of the transformation and the migration plans with business leaders and folks like that, specifically the CEO and CFO? Along with the um, benefits of being able to, again, flex time to market with solutions, scale, uh, capacity and capability. Um, so definitely we're seeing those gains and that's ultimately what we were looking to achieve which then brings me into 
the alignment with our CEOs and CFOs and folks in the C-suite around cloud. Um, again, with, with BP, we know that we, we definitely try and be the best in class at whatever it is that we're doing. Um, but for, for the most part, we know, and I think, um, you know, from a, from a working in the trading arena, you start to realize quickly, as quickly as things change with the market, with um, um, things being more um, margin um, driven, as well as, um, as as quickly as you have to shift and be able to, to align with the market and do things bigger, faster, um, the only way that you're gonna be able to do that is to leverage technology and to be digital and to automate and to um, be more as, be as efficient, lean and effective as you can be. So again, getting with and understanding and working with each of your um, executives to understand what is our overall strategic goals and aspirations and agreeing, how are we gonna get there? And once you start to look at that and you realize where technology is going and where we need to go from um, the renewable energy to all of the things that we, we aspire to do, that's underpinned by technology and being able to have the right foundations around technology, which then introduces your cloud products and solutions. So um, again, figuring out where the commonality and where the objectives are that your businesses are trying to meet. And those are the things that you align to. And once you do that and you work together with your, with your folks in the C-suite to really ensure that everything that you're doing is driving towards those things. Number one, safety. That's number one on my, on my CEO's list. Number two is meeting our aspirations and goals and making life better for for the environment, for people, for the world. How are we going to do that? We're going to do that by utilizing and leveraging technology. And what do we need to do in order to do that? What are the things, what, are the short, what do we need to shore up? How do we get the best in class capabilities, um, capabilities in our asset, which, is, which are our people, and upskill those folks, change those mindsets, get everyone together and on the same page to meet the same goals, and again, bringing everybody along for the journey. That's important. Transparency, communication, and allowing people to own accountability for the overall outcomes and end, and end steps and endpoints. And how do we get there together? And we meet those goals in alignment. It can't be something that you're doing from an IT, IT for IT standpoint, or just looking at the siloed, um, the siloed objectives. You have to look at this as what's the overall and collective objective of your business and how do we make sure that we're continuing to stay aligned to that? That's fantastic. Credibility and trust built on delivering the things you say you're going to deliver. But also, I love that part about getting a mutual expectation back and a commitment back. I want to sneak one more question in. I know we're almost out of time, but are there any technologies you're looking forward to, especially you know, in your cloud migration, given how complex and, and varied your environment is? Yeah, so now that we are, we're starting to round the corner of getting complete with all of our legacy estate and a large part of our um, mega data centers, um, got that running like a, a fine, fine, well-oiled well machine, um, I, I'd like to think. Um, and we've gotten, thousands of cloud migrations underneath our belt with large amounts of um, varying amounts of transformation, but getting bigger, better, 
um, every day. Now we're starting to move into um, the exciting realm for me, which is um, our regional data centers, which are all around across the globe, um, as well as um, we are restructuring um, our business. Again, moving away from uh, being an oil and gas company to an energy company uh, with renewable energy and the environment in mind. Um, therein lies and introduces a whole new um, complexity around how do we leverage technology and how do we make sure that we're connected um, across the space and integrated and working together as a business to provide solutions. And with that comes IoT, um, comes um, um, AI, comes uh, you know your digital twin solutions. Those are the things that I'm really excited about and really looking forward to seeing um, all the creativity and innovation that comes out of um, AWS and, and, and things that get introduced at reInvent to be able to see how we're going to be able to, to bring those fruitions or bring those um, aspirations to fruition with the new technology that's coming, in, coming out around, again, um, some of your edge um, compute capability. Those are the things that I'm really excited about um, because it's, it's, it's coming first and forefront now with intelligent operations, wanting to automate um, a lot of things and drive that efficiency, utilizing that technology. And so for me, that's where it gets interesting. And I, I, I don't want to stop because it's, you, it's so fascinating how you get to be out on a rig and you're able to do certain things without physically having to be there because you're at, able to use, um, again, uh, digital trend solutions, edge case technology and capability. So that's where I'm really excited as to where that's going to take us here soon. That's all for our, our session today. You know, what comes first, migration or modernization? And uh, I'd like to thank Keisha for her participation and, and BP for letting her participate, obviously. Thanks for sharing your story. It was a tremendous story. I loved hearing it and I'm sure our audience did as well.